Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Phil with the Full of Life Ministries San Diego. And once again, we are here, we are here, and we are here for you. And uh, we're grateful to God for another opportunity to come before you to share what the Lord has placed on my heart. And I'm hoping that you're being blessed. I know that you're being blessed because you guys continue to share the podcast. And we're so thankful for you all. You guys are making such a big difference. And I'm hoping that the podcasts are making a difference in your life. The ultimate goal for the podcast is to allow God's word to marinate, to saturate, to fill you with his presence. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says being in the presence of the Lord is like the is the uh, fullness of joy. And so having the joy of God in your life, it's no place I'd rather be but in the presence of God. And I'm hoping that uh, each day, each time that you think about the podcast and go over it, listen to it over and over again, that it will <clears throat> minister, excuse me, minister to you and touch your heart and and bless you and keep you smiling, keep you fired up about your future. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. So we're going to get right into the podcast tonight. <clears throat> and we're very excited about this particular podcast because it talks about things that we deal with. That's why we call it full of life because it's God's word brings life to our situation. And today or tonight, wherever you may be, tonight's episode is entitled The Dangers of Impulsiveness. The Dangers of Impulsiveness. You see, one of the more dangerous character traits for children to possess is impulsiveness. Uh, this tendency to be impulsive can sometimes destroy a life in a moment or in other cases, wreak continual havoc through a habit of making impulsive decisions. Impulsive young people, people often find themselves in trouble and wonder how they got there. Can I see a, a waving of the hands if that's ever been you? I know I've been in many, many instances when I've been in trouble because of impulsive decisions. Now, impulsiveness comes from the root word impulse. Impulse is defined as the influence of a particular feeling and impelling force that drives one to action. Impulsiveness is defined as being swayed by emotional or involuntary impulses. We can see from these definitions that a person who is impulsive Impulsive easily gives in to their emotions or feelings, which prompts them to do or say something immediately. Impulsiveness reflects the op opposite of biblical teaching, though. Everything a Christian or anybody who is a believer does should be based on God's laws and God's principles for living. Now, the Bible continually tells us to obey God and not to act on our impulses. Acting on impulse is actually making an idol of oneself. You see, there is much to learn about this great sin of impulsiveness and how it sneaks and it creeps into the most mundane areas of our lives. In God's plan, the Lord doesn't want us to act on emotion. 
but to act on the word of God. You see, when we enter into a relationship with God, we experience a divine exchange where he takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. He also puts the seed of the fruit of the spirit in us. But in order for this fruit to grow in our lives, I'm going to say that one more time, but in order for this particular fruit to grow in our lives, we have to study the word and spend time with God so he can do this work in our soul. Now, you see, our soul is our mind, will and emotions, and it tells us what we think, what we want and how we feel. As we pursue a personal relationship with God, the Holy Spirit helps renew our mind and turn, turns our will to God's will so we can learn how to manage our emotions. And learning how to manage our emotions is the principle, the key to being stable and not letting our emotions rule or control us. You see, one of the marks of maturity is the recognition that just because an idea seems right, ooh, have you ever been there, and feels exciting the, the moment we first conceive it, this is not necessarily a green light to immediately pursue that particular course of action. Essentially, this is a healthy self-distrust. You see, mature, mature people learn over, over time that their first impressions are not always right. Their strongest instincts cannot, cannot always be trusted and their deepest passions must not always be followed. Time, thought, and prayer are of great value in moments when the desire to, to be impulsive starts its chatter. Rushed, frazzled, nervous people are not people of faith. When you always have to act immediately, you reveal an illusion that everything depends on you. Listen, whew, man, I can stop right there. Listen, but just think about this, people of God. Have you ever said something like this? If I don't act soon, my whole life will fall apart. If I don't move now, I'll lose everything. You have to understand that having this kind of attitude suggests you have zero faith that God has the ability to hold your blessing in place for you. You think that blessing, this blessing is so fragile, so fleeting, and so transitory that only by the greatest haste will you be able to lay hold of it. Otherwise, it will soon be gone and you'll be out of luck. <laughs> Listen. God says, whoever believes will not act hastily. So the question I have tonight, people of God, how can I control sinful impulses? Well, before we continue on, we got to stop and take a commercial break. And I promise you, we'll be right back with the episode, The Dangers of Impulsiveness. Hi guys, I'm Christopher. You may know me, you may have heard of me. I'm the editor of Full of Life Ministries San Diego Podcast, and I'm here to say that if you like what you're hearing and you would like to donate, you can. 
head over to Instagram at PhilGaleHoward and scan the QR code on the second slide of the most recent post. You can use a QR scanning app or you could just point your camera at it if you have another device that has a camera function and it'll take you to either PayPal or Venmo where you can donate. Now the money is going to be used to provide for the homeless and the less fortunate and those who have been negatively uh, affected by the ongoing pandemic, whether it be job loss or whatever the case may be. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, we're back. We're back. And so tonight's episode is entitled The Dangers of Impulsiveness. And so the answer, so the question I had before we had the commercial break was, how can I control sinful impulses? Well, I got an answer for you. The answer is impulse control is never easy. Now, you wasn't expecting the answer that I just gave <laughs> because you had said, well, because God can control my impulse. Well, no, no. Sometimes, many times, oftentimes we don't listen to God. And so I realize and God realizes that impulse control is never easy. You see, all of us struggle with overcoming sinful impulses because that's part of the human condition is to feel impulses. And part of walking with Christ is to control those impulses. Now, we're going to go right into the scripture, and I love this passage of scripture. This is in the book of James, first chapter, verses 14 through 22. And it reads, and again, this is coming from the ESV English Standard Version. Okay, it reads, but each person is tempted when he or she is lured and enticed by his or her own desires. When desire I mean, then desire when it has conceived gifts births to sin. Then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. Do not be do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. You see, in verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Knowing this, or know this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So, so listen, be doers of the word and not hearers only. All you're doing is deceiving yourself. Now, I want to go back to verse 15 in that particular chapter of the book of James. What happens when we allow these impulses or cravings to conceive in us? You see, people of God, sin interrupts our fellowship with God. And until we confess our sins, we are separated from all that makes for life and health and peace in our hearts. But if we confess our sin, God is faithful 
and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, people of God, impulsive decisions or behaviors when conceived are not beneficial to your life or the life of others. Now, there's another question I saw in verses 19 through 22. What are the ways to overcome these impulses? Well, let's read it. Let's, let, it starts off in verse 19. It says, know this, know this. Think about what you're doing is what it's saying. Know this. Think about what you're about to do. Know it. Take, take time to consider. It simply means to think carefully about something, typically before making a decision. You see, in Proverbs 28, we are told a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that Poverty will come upon him. That's uh, Proverbs 28 and 22. So it goes back to we have to know what we're doing and think about what we're doing before we proceed with that impulse of behavior. Think, know this. Then it goes on to talk about to be not quick to talk, but to quick to hear. Quick to hear when we discipline ourselves to listen more than we talk. We can learn a lot. Woo! I know some people, they are big talkers. And those are the particular people that are hard to teach because they think they already know everything they need to know. And they constantly express their opinions. Wise people have learned that the more wisdom that can be gained by listening, observing, and not rushing to judgment. You see, Proverbs 10 and 19 says, Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he or she who has restraints, his lips is wise. And so we have to understand to be not quick to talk, but quick to hear. Hear what you're hear hear what's going on. Hear what the person is trying to convey a message to you. Listen before you act. Now the last one. It says to be slow to speak. You see, being quick to listen actually opens the door to greater communication because listening shows respect. And when people feel respected, they are more likely to return than respect and listen to us. They will be more likely to return and listen to you because you took the time to be to, to be slow to speak. It is important for us to be quick to, to listen and slow to speak because God's word always shows us the best way. And when we follow it, we are. We are. We shall be blessed. Now, I want to go back to Genesis, Genesis chapter three, verses six. And it really starts. It started at the beginning about impulsiveness and the dangers of it. So I, I want to just quickly read Genesis chapter three, verse six. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that 
the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. <laughs> and he ate. Impulsive control has been a struggle for us since the fall. And I don't mean seasons. I mean the fall of mankind. It started all in the Garden of Eden. Eden. Eve saw that the fruit was desirable and she chose to take it rather than control her impulse. Today, we still struggle. Often impulses seem so strong as to overpower our mind, commitments, and even basic common sense. We feel that giving in is our only option. We have impulses to make frivolous purchases. Frivolous, that's the word I was trying to say. Frivolous purchases to overeat, to have illicit sex, and to do many things we know we shouldn't. It started at the beginning. Even Adam. See, the sin didn't actually wasn't committed when Eve did it. It was when Adam, who was also impulsive, gave in. And so we have to make sure that we're guarded at all times. Now, there's another scripture in Proverbs 25th chapter, verses 28. It reads, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. You see, people of God, your success depends on ruling your spirit. Great men rule their spirits. They resist temptations to react or overreact. They restrain their emotions and manage them for good. They always stay in control of their feelings and passions to manage their responses to events, to different events. So my question is for you tonight is, how safe are you from trouble? If you do not rule your spirit, you are vulnerable to say or to do things that cost you dearly. You may already be damaged by such actions. It is your wisdom to learn how to control and manage your feelings. To only do what's right. Your spirit is your inner self, which controls your actions. When you do not rule your spirit, you are exposed and vulnerable to all sorts of folly and trouble. Like a defenseless city without walls. And you see, in former times, uh, armies, just like these great armies. So it is that man who does not rule his own spirit and diligently keep it away of virtue, truth, and wisdom. Your spirit includes your affections, appetites, and passions. A wise and noble man rules his spirit by his conscience and mind. He locks it down with chains of self-denial to keep ambition and anger and lust and pride or revenge from breaking forth. He guides it by a mental commitment to hold fast, honor, humility, righteousness, and virtue. He rules his thoughts, his desires, his inclinations, his resents resentments, and keeps them all in disciplined order. 
Woo. Come on, people of God. The dangers of impulsiveness. Now, you guys remember the story of Samson. He always find himself in trouble because of his impulse control. He is the perfect illustration in the Proverbs. You see, Samson saw a Philistine woman that he loved. Her name was Delilah. He found honey and he ate it, even though in the process he had to break a vow and he ceremonially defiled himself. And of course, he could never say no to Delilah. Ironically, Samson is best known for his great physical strength. It goes to prove that the flesh is no ally in the battle against the flesh. It is a spiritual battle that must be won spiritually. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Romans 6 verses 17 through 18, it says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin, impulses, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, having been become slaves now to righteousness. As believers, we are new. We are no longer bound by to our sinful desires, but we are in the process of sanctification. So that means that we're in the process of breaking through this thing called impulsiveness. The coming of the new usually takes time and discipline. Even mature uh, believers struggle with impulse control. The Bible provides ample hope that we will and can overcome. Now, the spirit, which is self-controlled, and those yielded to him can be provided for you. It's actually in you. Let me take that back. It's actually in you. Because in Galatians 5 and 23, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, things, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is the change in our character that, that comes about because of the Holy Spirit's work in us. We do not become a Christian on our own and we cannot grow on our own. Philippians 2 and 13 says that it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Every, every good thing we do is the fruit of of the Spirit's work in our lives. One of the proofs of God's working in our lives is the ability to control our own thoughts, words, and actions. It's not that we are naturally weak-willed, but our fallen nature is under the influence of sin. The Bible calls it being a slave to sin. One definition of sin is filling a legitimate need through illegitimate means. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are incapable of knowing and choosing 
how best to meet our needs. Even if we knew what be best for us, such as not smoking or or another need like comfort, it would take precedence and enslave us again. Self-control naturally naturally leads to perseverance as we value the long-term good instead of the instant gratification of the world. Self-control is a gift that frees us. It frees us to enjoy the benefits of a healthy body. It frees us to rest in the security of good stewardships. It frees us from a guilty conscience. Self-control restricts the indulgence of our foolish desires, and we find the liberty to love and live as we were meant to. We have been given the spirit also of self-discipline. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love now, the King James Version say a sound mind, but also in other translation, it talks about self-control. First Peter 1 and 13 and 15 exhorts us, exhorts us to prepare our minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Our self-control is not simply an exercise of volition. We must rely on the grace of Jesus. Knowing that we have been called by God, we work to control our impulses from a foundation of love for God. We also work from a foundation of truth. When we know the truth, we can more easily dismiss impulses that seek to lead us into falsehood. Because now we have the mind of Christ, when a sinful impulse comes into our minds, we can recognize that it is not of him and summarily dismiss it. Well, you may ask me, Pastor Phil, what is taking your thoughts captive? 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 5, it says, Demolish, hallelujah, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, it's talking about you and me, we take captive of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking your thoughts captive simply means gaining control over what you think about yourself and life. What you put in your mind has an effect on what you think. Remember those scary movies you watched as a kid? And then you had nightmares? You see, it didn't take long to realize that the way to avoid the nightmares was to stop watching that kind of movie. God has provided a way to overcome unhealthy thoughts and behaviors and gain the self-control you seek. It's a matter of taking charge of your life, not your way, but his way. You have to accept responsibility for your thoughts. You, people of God, have the ability to exercise control over your thoughts in your mind. You see, it's not just your behavior, 
your thoughts and your behavior must change. God calls us to change sinful behavior that does not honor him. Instead of focusing on your outward behavior, work on disciplining your mind from which the behaviors stem from. Always allow God to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Think through your problems rather than just react to them. When you experience difficult challenges, you can react to them and think yourself into despair every single time. Or you can look forward to the, to the next opportunity and ask yourself what you've learned from this failure when I allowed my impulse nature to take over. And believe all things are possible. I'm going to say that one more time and believe all things are possible. It's not easy to re, to uh, retrain your thoughts or to respond in new Christ-like ways. Take heart, people of God. As God empowers us to focus our mind on the right things, it will become easier. You see, you can develop a new frame of reference based on what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. It is possible to live a life aware of our impulses and take them captive. God gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us. Start following these steps today and gain power over your mind and thoughts. When we know the truth that we have been declared holy, we have the mind of Christ and that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We are better able to challenge our thoughts and choose our actions. You see, people of God, the Bible calls us overcomers. When uh, we are not at the mercy of our impulses, we are not. We can control them through the power of God. As we learn to say no to our sinful impulses, we may experience pain and a sense of deprivation. Yet we trust the promise that we will eventually reap a harvest of righteousness and peace. You see, people of God, you have to understand overcoming an impulse involves both knowing God's truth and as the Bible simply puts it, casting your cares on him. You see, communication is the key to overcoming the various impulses and simply relying on God. I have to admit, this will not be easy. But with the help of God, but with the help of God and the Holy Spirit living inside you, the Lord will sanctify you. And he will make you whole. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your presence. The people all over the world, whoever it may be, who struggles with making bad decisions, impulsive decisions, because they don't really fully trust in you. God, help them in the areas that they struggle with. So in the name of Jesus, 
we ask for your power, your, your delivering power, your healing power to impact the lives of your people. You know what they stand in need of. You know the struggles that they have in their own inner being. So in the name of Jesus, I pray choice blessings over the people who are listening to this message. God, that you're the only one that can break them from this vicious cycle of impulsiveness. We praise you in advance for what you're going to do because we want to give you all the praise for when the breakthrough takes place, we promise that we will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. We ask all these blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, that is the end of our of our episode for tonight. We went a little longer, but that's okay because God's word needed to get out there. So again, thank you guys for, for tuning in each and every week. Continue to share the podcast. Continue to share it. Uh, we thank you for what you're doing. It, we're growing. We're growing. People are listening. People are, are sending requests for prayer and breakthroughs are happening. So again, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Continue to do that. If you want to sow into our ministry, um, if you have a cash app, you can actually send whatever that you want to give to our ministry to, to impact the world. We are a 501c3 ministry nonprofit and we're trying to help those who are less fortunate during this pandemic so whatever you can provide just pray about it i always tell our listeners pray whatever god puts on your heart to give give with the right heart not grudgingly or out of necessity be a cheerful giver and we will appreciate any contributions that you make to this ministry if there's anything that you may need please email me at full of life sd at gmail.com that's full of life sd at gmail.com or you can email me directly at pastor phil at lovingkindnesswc.org that's pastor phil at lovingkindnesswc.org and just pl please just let me know that you're out there and that, that you're praying for us or if there's any kind of need that you may have that a spiritual need that that I, I can help you with i can kind of show you some scriptures or i can just pray about it you know, to intercede for you. But let's continue to do great things for the kingdom of God. And again, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you uh, next time. And let's continue to do this in Jesus name. God bless. <music>